Welcome to the Social Justice War Room, the podcast where we discuss social justice in fiction, reality, and everything in between. My guest today is the an author of various web comics, most notably the web comic Always Distracted, Haley Delgado, or ADHD, about a character who has attention hyperactivity deficit disorder. Anyways, Hi. please welcome Dave Lerner. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. So your comic is very much informed by ADHD, which I have. That's why I kind of spaced out before <laughs> yeah. recording this. Sorry, that's my bad. That's me too. Yeah, you've got two people with ADHD setting up a recording. <laughs> that worked out well. Yeah, but... but I found a lot of solace in reading your comic and I I really like the character of Haley because well she well she definitely has a lot of challenges with her condition she's still portrayed as a likable and sympathetic char- character and we're definitely supposed to identify with her and sympathize when she makes mistakes. So yeah, one thing that surprised me is how many people who don't have ADHD or at least don't say they don't have ADHD still identify with her. I guess in many ways, many of the symptoms of ADHD are just an exaggeration of, you know, of things everyone does. I was diagnosed as hyperactive when I was about six or seven, when I started school and that was 50, 50 years ago, back in the wow. mid seventies. So um, that, I, I mean, I was, I'm a, a decade and a half having ADHD or autism, which I also have. So no, do I actually. Yeah, and, or any other kind of neurological divergence is that people are slowly coming to accept it, but, not in like practical ways so like if you say you have it you're either expected to be like some kind of superhero who isn't affected at all and overcomes the struggle or you're treated like you're helpless and you can't do anything do you find that true you're a real inspiration to to us yeah that and it's usually in that kind of voice you use to talk to children Uh uh-huh yeah Uh uh-huh so, like, how, how do you tr- try to confront that with both I your- actually, I don't usually get that too much. I certainly don't get as much as people who are physically disabled. And the thing is, I am very, very lucky. My family, my friends, even my boss all know of my condition and all understand. And I've seen from other people you know, on Twitter and elsewhere that I am very lucky in that, in that regard. Yeah, I am in a similar position where I do have a really good support system and I'm grateful for it. And that means I also feel some degree of responsibility to do what I can to help people in general because they also know. Exactly. That, that's why online I try I normalize. I try I let people know that I have ADHD and autism because I'm hoping that by being more open about it, I can destigmatize it but I also have to make sure that I'm aware that I have the privilege. Some people cannot, literally, they're in a bad position where they cannot come out and say it. So since I yeah. can, I try to. Yeah, and 
one thing I like about your comic is you do 3D models of the characters, but they don't have real realistic poses. They, they are kind of like cartoony and exaggerated, and they convey a lot of emotion that way with gesture and face. So I, I use oh sorry, come wait, go on. Yeah. So what do you use for I use Daz 3D. It's the the thing itself, the main program is free. And they, you know, they make their money because they sell you a lot of extras, which they do. Um, I use the, there's a tune, um, I don't know if plug, no, plugin's not the right word, but there's, you know, a, a, a tune uh, figure that I use for my, for my characters, although I reduce and change that up a lot. Daz and other three, you know, they, they try to get, more, they're trying to get more and more realistic, but I don't want it to be too realistic because it looks, you know what the uncanny valley is when something's. Oh yeah, I play a lot of video games and even now that we have like motion capture there's still a lot of cases where characters fall into that in 3d mm -hmm. so i try to stay on the other on the early you know on the non-realistic side of that because it just it looks you know if you get too much partly it gets creepy and partly i don't have the computer power to to do something that really looks good i'm using i use a laptop yeah so this hasn't been something that's really affected me because I still do a lot of it by hand, even if it's on a screen instead of on paper. But it does seem like with the comics people do, there would be issues that come with like needing to do this elaborate 3D modeling work and not having the computer power or resources to do it. Have you found that a problem or? Not, well, not with this, not yeah. with, um, well, you, if you notice, I don't use realistic backgrounds. I use, I actually use Inkscape to make my backgrounds. Oh, nice. Partly it's like, you know, I like the unreality of it. Partly is I don't have the, you know, I don't have the assets. I haven't bought that much stuff from, from Daz to, to get you know all sorts of realistic looking apartments and stuff, and again, it's part of it is computing power. If I do have a background, it takes much more time, so it's a lot faster. Yeah, you're just to well, your backgrounds do like I noticed some shifts in the colors to convey different emotions, and I think they pair well with the figures. So, thank you. Is it something that take is still fairly time intensive? Um, Backgrounds don't really take a lot of time, especially since I've been doing them for a while. I know how to do them. It does take, I mean, it, it takes a few minutes. The, well, the biggest thing is when you create a new character. That, that's what's the most time consuming, especially since with, with, with this, I want to be very, you know, it took me a while to make sure that the characters looked as close to what I wanted as I could get them. Staying the pose can sometimes be tricky, especially if you have like interlaced fingers or if someone's holding something or touching something. That can be a bit tricky. And then rendering doesn't take too long on on, on my system, so That's and good. The, the and the stuff in Inkscape doesn't take too long, except it takes a, except for actually setting up the um the the word balloons and stuff. Yeah, well, it. I think I've learned by doing web comics that the hardest part is simply producing stuff and producing it consistently. So I'm glad to know you have kind of a system for what you're doing. I have a system, but producing stuff consistently is, <laughs> I mean, I wish I was a lot more consistent, but it, you know, it's, I do what I can. Yeah. 
And if someone can't accept that someone with ADHD doesn't have a consistent schedule, well, that's on them. Yeah, it's hard. Like for other people I've talked to, living in the modern world is extremely difficult because like there are theories that I don't know how accurate these theories are that ADHD is advantageous evolutionary for like being in a hunter-gatherer environment where everything's trying to kill you and you have to have situational awareness. But I've, I've heard that. I've read that re- very, very recently. And one thing, I, one thing I say about people with ADHD is when there's an actual emergency, an actual crisis, we can focus on that. So, you know, we're not as distracted when there's something when there's a saber-toothed tiger coming at us, we don't, yeah. we don't say, hey, look, a squirrel while running away from it. Yeah. And so one, th- one thing about your comic is Haley's partner, a woman named Fiona, often plays the straight man to her. Yeah, it's funny. She plays the straight man, even though she's a gay woman. Oh, yeah. I see what you did there. Nice. Yeah, but, but but yeah, you're right. She plays the foils. She she's the she's the neurotypical that you know that that thinks that you know Haley bounces off of. Yeah, and I like that she is definitely a strong strong source of support for Haley, but also that like there'll be moments when she she gets sucked into Haley's shenanigans. That's exactly what I'm what I've been aiming for. So I, I I'm glad you said it like that. That's exactly. I wanted to be you know that they are good for each other. That's a it's a it's a strong supportive relationship. But I also want them to be realistic enough that you know Fiona gets frustrated sometimes. Yeah, so. and it it's definitely something that like any relationship is going to be a lot of work. I. Uh-huh say this from experience having been married for a decade and I'm not saying this to throw any shade at my wife the absolute opposite of it it's just the way it is when mm-hmm. learning to deal with people in general especially when you live that closely so I'm glad you could have a realistic way of it also one comic has Haley note that she doesn't feel any different than normal during the pandemic in terms of that kind of mental fog that Fiona and many others were dealing with upon lockdown. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think I know what you're talking about. That was, um, yeah, Fiona is like, let me see if I can find it. Yeah, Fiona is on the computer. She's like um, annoyed with lockdown. She's like looking forward to everything, you know, getting back to work and everything. And he's like, you know, I, I can't wait for the office to open. Days blur together. I can't tell if something happened last week or six months ago. And Haley's like, welcome to my world. Yeah. Is that the one you mean? Yeah. I mean, it was, I mean, it's obviously a massive shift for everyone. But yeah, to have that kind of experience with not sticking to regular schedules, was that something that you felt during? Well, I, well um, I do have a regular schedule. I work as a medical transporter. I bring people to medical appointments. Oh, that's great. And, it, you know, being, getting them there on time, picking them up on time is very, very important, which is a lot of fun when you have time blindness. But um, 
Yeah. So I, but when the, um, you know, when the pandemic started, I actually was on, you know, on unemployment for a few, a few weeks, a few months, something like that. So, yeah. but isolating, not going out that much or whatever, that was easy for me because I don't generally do that anyway. Yeah, me neither. So that, part, that part was easy. Yeah. And it's, well, since then we've shifted from a pandemic where we're locked down to a pandemic where we're pretending there's not a pandemic, unfortunately. And that's... One person close to me has gotten COVID and I am really, really unhappy about that. I'm really sorry. I hope you both are okay. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm not, I wasn't... Um, I wasn't actually with them at any time, so I've got, I had no contact. Yeah, but still, so. it it always hurts when someone you care about gets it. Uh-huh. And we're, of course, we're in the state where the vaccine, since we didn't get herd immunity on account of some assholes refusing it for culture war reasons. That whole thing is based on one man's racism. Yeah. Can I go off on a bit of a rant here? Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, okay. When Obama went, when Obama left, Trump's specific goal was to undo everything he did because, well, you know, Obama was a successful black man. So Trump's specific goal was to undo everything Obama did. Obama set up the, I forget what it's exactly called, but it's like a pandemic response, you know, a, an agency specifically designed to say, okay, what, okay. Pandemic is most people are saying pandemic is most likely to most likely happen. What are we going to do? Well, let's set up this office to see what we're going to do. Trump's like, he set it up. I'm taking it down. So he had no preparation and, you know, not replace it with anything. He had no preparation for when the for when the uh, pandemic hit. So he tried to say, oh, no, it doesn't exist. Oh, no, it's not that bad. Oh, no. You know, masks aren't needed. So, yeah, the whole thing is the whole anti-vax routine is based on one man's racism yeah that's what i think well there's also like the some quack doctors like andrew wakefield who promoted this kind of anti-vaccine paranoia and of course the people who tied vaccines to autism with no credible evidence which was specifically done by this one doctor was that wakefield yeah i think so who wanted to promote his own um autism cure quote unquote so he specifically set up a study and faked the results that that um, vaccines cause autism. And since it's better for your kid to be dead than autistic, yeah, um, you can't see me. Right? I don't know if you can hear you know my feelings about that. Um, so the whole so that's what the whole thing started from there. Just that was just plain forward greed. Yeah, greed and, and racism. Yeah, that's an ableism that causes so many. Yeah, they really go hand in hand. There's always like some kind of financial incentive to this the bigotry we see. That is true. The um the people you know you do a lot of people do benefit from the racism there and from and from the ableism and that makes it tougher to to fight. Yeah, and of course you've heard all the stereotypes of autistic people like not. Caring about others and being disconnected to a sociopathic degree, and I believed those stereotypes until I was actually diagnosed, which is, you know made my diagnosis. The thing is, when I was told the symptoms, the exact the actual symptoms, it's like that makes sense. I've learned to cover up some of that masking is you know the right word. Right. I've learned to adapt and to you know create strat you know 
strategies on, on not even realizing it. But, you know, I, I, when I was a kid, I saw the movie Sunrise and, you know, and I saw Rain Man. And I actually worked with um, severely autistic children for, for, you know, during it as a summer job. So I knew what autism was, you know, it was sitting in the corner humming. It was knowing, you know, being able to solve complex math problems, but not being able to drive. And that wasn't me. So, yeah. and so part of what that, I want to do with, with ADHD, you know, with the comic is to show people what this is really like, what this is really about, because, you know, with um, various neurodiversities and, and issues, people don't actually know what, you know, what, what, this, what it's about. Yeah, I, I definitely feel you. It's, but a lot, a lot of times I've felt like the opposite is true that autistic people have a very strongly defined sense of right and wrong. That's actually supposed, that's actually a symptom, although it's worded as, you know, in a negative way that autistic people are too concerned with just, you know, with justice and stuff. So it's, you know, it's actually, it's actually classified as a problem, as an issue, because autistic people have difficulty accepting injustice. Yeah. Like, okay, so that, you know, that's how you want to word it. Okay. And like, on a day-to-day thing, there's often some degree of injustice you just have to deal with as a means of negotiating with other people. Like if you get cut off in line or cut off in traffic, but then of course there's also the monumental of injustice baked into the system we live in. Yes. And like a lot of times the, the injustice doesn't appear monumental assholes like trump it's people who do things from a position yeah, I mean, of power I mean, understand trump there's always one person who's going to be like that it's the fact that almost half the country supports him is what really gets to me i you know if it was just one person acting like that people would say oh, oh that asshole yeah but um nearly half the country is like that yeah but it's in terms of politics, but in terms of like sheer numbers, like Trump did not have a ma- majority. He did not win the popular vote, but of course things are rigged so much and they're so ger- with gerrymandering. Yeah. But that even you- if you put that aside, he still got like 70 million votes. Yeah, and that's 70 million people who are embracing a platform of like open cruelty and hatred. And they're all still here, even though he's been deposed and taken off of social media. Something they could have done so much sooner, but but he was was almost out of office before they did before they did that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the kind of thing like people like this, the heads of these social media companies who just seem so like chill and rational and they have like they present themselves as these visionaries and we we can't understand their reasoning but they they just let things like this happen uh-huh. one thing i've noticed and i don't know if this is just a selection bias or something like that I, um, I follow a lot of people who are autistic or adhd you know both and also heavily into social justice, heavily liberal and Democrat. I don't know if that's, you know, I don't know what the overlap is if most autistic people and if most neurodiverse people are liberal 
you know, or what, or if it just, or if it just happens to be the ones that I follow because that's what I look for. Well, the, the saying goes, if you've met one autistic person, you've met one autistic person. Yes. And I've seen several people on the spectrum who've gone fully into the online right wing and into uh, guys yeah. like Ben Shapiro and Jordan Peterson. I've read an argument, I don't know how true it is, that says that Ayn, Ayn Rand was autistic. She was never diagnosed or anything, but people look at that. Although I'm, I'm wondering now if, that pe if people might just be saying that she has a lack of compassion. And like you said, that's a stereotype. So I, I wonder if that's part of it. So it's very, it's very difficult though to diagnose someone long distance though. Yeah. To, to diagnose it, someone. It's difficult, to it's difficult enough to diagnose someone when they're there and cooperating. Yeah, that's very true. And so with all this injustice that's perpetrated daily and having such a strong sense of personal right and wrong, like how do you deal with all that anger and sadness at the way avoidance, things are? Avoidance mostly. I, I'm, I mean, I'm joking there, but to some degree I'm serious. I, there, I mean, I'm, tw I'm on Twitter and I just stop for a while and, and concentrate on something else. I mean, I, I do what I can. I don't do much as much as I probably could. You know, to, I do support, you know, social justice. I'm not as much of an activist as I'd like to be, just it's a question of energy to some degree. We're all trying. Yeah, so I, um, see, I don't actually, uh, you've noticed, I don't actually put a lot of politics into my comic. It's, I mean, I've got, you know, the main characters are lesbians, one's black, one's Hispanic, but I don't, you know, I mentioned they got the COVID. I mentioned they got their COVID shots. They were not, you know, nothing against it or anything. It just it took them a while, but that was just because of the executive dysfunction. Well, we're in a point where simply being black or Hispanic or lesbian or even vaccinated is political to some yes. people. But so, so I mean, it's it's a wise decision to not go into the more overt stuff because you want to reach as many people as possible. But that, with... and, I, and this may be an odd thing to say if you, look, if you read some of my Twitter stuff, but I don't like confrontation. I don't like arguments. I don't like, you know, voices raised. I don't like, you know, I mean, and that, and I'm not that persuasive when it comes to an argument. I mean, I know what I'm saying, but I get caught up and, you know, don't always remember the, the fact and everything. So it's like, I don't like to get into debates. Well, I personally think debates are mostly useless. And it, a lot of it isn't about arguments. It's just about who can talk faster and more forcefully. And I can't talk that fast, that fast and, not, and that forcefully. I Me just neither. don't have that, so I'm not a... Yeah, and so... so like going forward, do you have anything more planned for the ADHD comic? Well, I'm hoping to keep to a schedule. I want to get on Patreon. I tried it for a, for a while, but it didn't quite work out. But when I get some more, uh, you know, if I can get some more uh, followers and stuff, I hope one day to put it on Patreon. And um, I actually plan to have maybe some not safe for work stuff on there. It'll still it'll still be tasteful. It'll still be you know um, in character and everything. But it's not, you know, but it won't be stuffed out, you know, G-rated. That's fine. I mean, my policy is as long as it's consensual, go for it. Yeah. So, 
it's but that's i said that's after i built up some stuff you know i'm hoping i'm hoping um i'd like to sell like buttons and you know other merchant stuff based on it but that's that's quite a bit in the future oh cool and i do hope to um right now i'm, I'm just i just want to you know try to keep to a regular schedule and try to you know put the comics out there and hope that people like them yeah. for anyone that- myself included listening who has ADHD like what are some things that you've found helpful in managing it on a daily basis well one thing that helps is to actually recognize that you do have it and recognize some of the symptoms like if I get rejected if I feel like I'm being rejected it's like okay this is rejection sensitivity is for dysphoria this is I feel it bad but that's because I have this condition that makes me feel bad and it's like, if I miss a deadline or whatever, it's like, okay, I have this that's causing that. It's, I'm not bad. I'm not lazy. I'm not stupid. I'm not, you know, all the internal, all the yeah. internalization stuff. Yeah. It, one thing that helps is to recognize, okay, I have this particular condition. It's neurological. It's chemical. It's not my fault. That's how I put it. Yeah. Which, of course, there's, I'm going back to that comic where Fiona gets into an argument with Haley and deduces that Haley's mistake is not the result of ADHD so yes she is at fault oh yeah yeah it's like I was I want because I was wondering you know am I blaming too much stuff on the ADHD and how much is it you know so I want to make I want to explain I mean people with ADHD people with autism as you implied earlier, can still be assholes. We can still do stuff that's mean or rude or whatever that's completely unrelated to our to our condition. You you mentioned before, you know, you met one autistic person, you met one person. Yeah. So we still have, um, you know, we can still be jerks. Basically, is what is what I want. Yeah. To say with that. Oh yeah, that's definitely true. But it's always a work in progress. I, I guess that's what. That's all I can say about my own experience living with the hand I've been dealt, that Mm -hmm. there's no happy ending. There's just finding ways to live with it and make it work to your advantage. Yes. And with that note, we should wrap up. And this is Dave Lerner, and you can check out his comic, Always Distracted Haley Delgado. I'll have the link in the comments. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me.